Welcome to the weekly podcast, recorded live at Glory City Church, Brisbane. We hope you are blessed by this week's sermon. Where we come to him like little children saying, up daddy, pick me up. And he comes and he says, ah, here I am. And it's our opportunity for a divine embrace with our heavenly father. It was the joy that was set before Jesus that drove him to endure the cross. And the joy that was set before him was the thought and the the knowledge that you would have the freedom to choose to be in relationship with him. And it was a relationship that isn't sterile and cold, but real and powerful and pure and holy, hallelujah, that is tangible and, um, and real in the way that we can receive and give the affection of Jesus, hallelujah. So that's what we've been doing and we're building up to a a worship night where we're just going to let the Holy Spirit lead us and teach us. But from the very beginning when we first um, were beginning what was initially the glory gatherings, it was a Friday night meeting and I was attending at Pastor Jim's church and we'd do a Friday night glory gathering every Friday. And lots of people would come and get saved. And I, 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 bless, I bless my pastor, Pastor Jim. He's passed on now into glory. But he, um, I'd try to bring all the new converts to his church and he had a congregation that was mostly over 70 and they didn't have any drums but really good teaching and loved the Holy Ghost. He was an old time, old school Pentecostal, you know, just loved even the smell of the Holy Ghost, you know, it's like, yes, let's go for it. But new believers coming into our environment didn't quite integrate on the Sunday mornings. And so in his, in his wisdom, he just said, look, Catherine, you're gonna have to pastor these people, you know, because you're reaching people I'll never reach. And so he got my credentials organized, blessed me, and mentored me until he died. And I, you know, which is about three years ago, praise the Lord. That's when Daniel Zelli walked in through the door, hallelujah. And, uh, and God has been helping us grow. And, you know, um, I'm so thankful for what the Lord has been doing here. And, but it's our heart has always been to put the fellowship of God with us as our central theme because in him we live and move and have our being, hallelujah. In his light, we see light. So we have a high value for worship, a high value for the word, a high value for signs and wonders and miracles, the the fruits and the gifts of the spirit, hallelujah. And we have a high value to see people come to Christ, to be discipled and to be brought into family. But we wanted intentionally to to teach into worship because my concern was that in leading uh, worship, I was originally a a worship leader, but in leading worship, if you're going somewhere and having a wonderful time with God and the rest of the congregation are disengaged, sitting in their seats and and not, not engaging, then you're not actually leading them. And so it's, I think it's important that we teach people what it looks like to engage with God in worship because some people just don't know what to do or how to engage. And uh, so that's why we've been really intentional. Um, 
Pastor Aaron and Brett have had it really strongly on their hearts to teach into this space. And so um, I'm gonna share again tonight on worship and then I know you're gonna be blessed by Aaron and, uh, and then uh, you're gonna be very blessed. I'm gonna to share again and then Brett's gonna be speaking and it's gonna be glorious, hallelujah, because we love to talk about him and talk about his goodness. Praise the Lord. I just wanna say thank you to our worship team for all the time and the effort that they put in serving us faithfully every Friday, every Sunday. God bless you, we love you. We are so privileged to, to, um, to be family with you all. Hallelujah. It's so good and I love how all the different pieces just contribute. Thank you to all those that I just put the microphone in your hand and tell you to go. Thank you for that. Because <laughs> it's glorious, because every piece adds, you know, I really appreciate that, Caleb, JT, and you know, so beautiful as the body comes together to, to all bring our pieces. We all prophesy in part, but when we put the pieces together, we get to see the bigger picture, hallelujah, and it's beautiful and very pleasing to the Lord. Well, let's pray, shall we? <sighs> Papa, we love you. God, we give you thanks, we give you praise. We give you glory, we give you worship, for you are worthy. Papa, we want to go deeper. We wanna learn what it looks like to live from a place of worship. We wanna learn what it looks like to engage with you in worship and prayer. Father, help us, teach us. Teach us your ways. Show us your paths, Lord. Guide us in the way everlasting. God, we want your wisdom. You are a light to our feet, a lamp to our path. Father, we need your help. Holy Spirit, help in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. I know too that this week we've had just a wonderful uh, prophetic intensive this week. Give me a wave if you're at the prophetic intensive. We had um, 60 plus people doing it. It was absolutely glorious. And uh, tonight at the end, I'm gonna invite some of them to, um, to just be, make themselves available uh, to pray, hallelujah, and to, um, and to prophesy. And you know, we really wanna develop a healthy prophetic culture here. And that means accountability, that means uh, prophesying in line with the heart of God, the character of God, the word of God, hallelujah, the nature of God. And so if you ever get a word that you are uncomfortable with, please come and see me, myself, Pastor Daniel, one of the leadership, because we wanna make sure that you just don't sit and wrestle with something that you need to just throw away. Because everything needs to be tested and weighed, hallelujah. It doesn't matter who it comes from. Uh, even if an angel turned up and spoke to you, the Bible says, if it doesn't line up with the word of God, the character of God, the nature of God, it needs to be discarded. And so we all need to learn to develop and grow in our discernment and our wisdom. But at the same time, we don't throw away the gifts, but we value them, we treasure them. And, um, and so if you'd like to receive prayer, uh, I'm gonna get, put them to work tonight a little bit, hallelujah. Is that good? Yeah. Happy, happy. It'll be fun. Praise the Lord. Okay, Father, thank you. Help us. Give us ears to hear in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, speaking about worship, I want to, if you'd turn with me to Psalm 37. I love this psalm. 
when it comes to worship, you know, the Father's heart is that we would learn what it looks like to engage with Him. But sometimes people struggle with, what am I supposed to do? We can see all the biblical things that, um, you, as you read through the book of Psalms, you can see biblical worship involves many different facets. I mean, clap your hands, all you people, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Worship can be noisy. Praise and worship can be noisy. It talks about dancing, singing, um, celebrating, rejoicing, gazing upon Him. Worship can be deep and intimate and glorious. Lift up holy hands. So if you think worship should only be quiet and solemn, there's a place for that, but there's also a place for, for making a joyful, triumphant sound to the Lord, shouting unto God. You know, there's there's a, such a broad spectrum. God wants to engage the full spectrum of human emotion in the relationship that He has with us. Hallelujah. And He wants to uh, engage our full capacity in creativity, in all the expressions. Now, when someone's in love, you don't tell them you're only allowed to express it through the written word or you're only allowed to express it through uh, whatever. People in love, they, they go to all sorts of extremes. They write love songs, they write poetry, they paint paintings, and in the same way, we want to be able to express ourselves to the Lord, amen? amen? Psalm 37 verse three. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. I love this verse. Feed on his faithfulness. Well, as I was thinking about how to share with you about worship today, I was thinking about what do I do when it comes to worshiping God. You know, when I come to worship Him, I, you know, I, I love the corporate atmosphere. As, and I'm talking about when I'm coming into corporate worship. I love the unity of the saints. Where there's unity, God commands a blessing. That's why we're all singing the same songs at the same time, clapping together. And there's something powerful about corporate unity, there's warfare that happens in worship, there is, there's blessing and joy and a corporate anointing that, that is released and a, a joy to the Father as the fellowship of the believers join together to lift their voices as one, in one accord to celebrate and worship Him. It brings great pleasure to the Father. But when I am coming to worship the Lord, there's a few things that I do uh, to prepare my heart and what I do when I'm, when I'm in worship. Sometimes people come into worship and you've, you've come from you know, a, um, a young family, crying kids, you've had a bit of an argument with your spouse and you finally made it to church you know, halfway through the worship service and they're singing, I adore you God. And you're feeling like, oh, I don't really, I don't even know what I feel right now. But praise God, worship isn't based on our current feelings or circumstances. Praise the Lord. We can sing a song to the Lord, we can bless Him, but the way I do that personally is I remind myself of a few things as I come into worship. I, I, I remind myself, I ask the question, where do I stand with God right now? Now as a daughter of God, 
He has forgiven my sin. Hallelujah. He has accepted me. He's adopted me. He said he's with me. He'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. I remind myself, I reckon myself dead indeed to, to sin and alive to God in Christ. Thank you, God. And you know what else I do? If I've had um, some upsets, when I was, I was married when I was 20, had my first baby at, at 23, I married a man I think who is just innately wise and kind, praise the Lord, but I still had a lot of growing to do. And I had, you know, um, a passionate personality. And occasionally, I'd get a bit upset about things. And we'd be going to church, or I'd, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd be on the worship team, and I'd get to church, and I'd think to myself, and, and I, I, I've said some short words or something not kind to Tom as I've been getting all the children and everything ready in the morning. And so before I'd get up on the platform, I'd find him or I'd call him and I'd say, honey, I shouldn't have spoken to you like that this morning, I'm really sorry. And you know, I didn't do that because I was afraid that God wouldn't hear my worship if I didn't. I do it because when I come into worship, I wanna have a clean conscience that I've set my, as I'm bringing my gift to the Lord, you know, it talks about this in the Gospels, that when you're bringing your, your gift to the altar and you realize you have something against someone or someone has something against you, leave your gift there and go and set it right. As far as possible, for me, I'm a sensitive soul, so I just, I feel like I gotta get it right if I can. It's not a, it's not a requirement for my acceptance. I'm accepted, I'm forgiven, I'm loved no matter what because I'm a child of God, hallelujah. I've received the salvation of Jesus. But because of relationship and my love for my brothers and my sisters, my, my husband and, and those that are close to me, I wanna make sure that as far as possible, I'm doing what's right in the eyes of everybody. I'm, I'm making efforts to live at peace with other people. It's not always possible. And, and sometimes, you know, you, you're not gonna be able to sol solve a problem or fix it um, before you have to come into worship. But where it's possible, as far as possible with you, live at peace with one another. Now the scripture even says, confess your sins to one another that you may be healed. It's not a prerequisite for healing. It's not a prerequisite to acceptance. It's not a prerequisite uh, for you to be able to approach God, but what it does is if, if for example, you had um, said something uh, to your children, your, your child was um, misbehaving and you'd, you'd corrected them, but you had done it with a, words that were a little less than kind, I would go to my kids and I'd say, sweetheart, I'm, I shouldn't have spoken to you like that. You know, it's not good that you were, having a tantrum, but I shouldn't have spoken to you like that, I'm sorry. And you know what that does? Is it doesn't cause them to have less respect for me. It's, it's a moment, it's a teaching opportunity for both of us to remember this is what we really are supposed to be like. This is our true nature, and I just want to come back into sync with the reality of who I actually am, hallelujah. And it's the same way. if. Um, 
I, if something had happened just before the service and something hadn't gone right and I'd perhaps said something that, that was a bit short to a, one of our team members or a staff member, in worship, if I, was, if I thought of it and thought, oh, you know what, I could have said that more kindly or I think that maybe they might have taken offense at what I just said because I didn't really take time to demonstrate love in that speaking the truth in love, I just spoke the truth and just speak it in love, you know. I would often, I'll go to them and before the service and just say, it doesn't happen very often, hallelujah. But I'll, I'll put it right with them and say, you know, I, I could have said that better. Some people would say, oh, you know, as leaders, you, don't ha- you, shouldn't, you, know, ha- you shouldn't have to do that. I think that's ridiculous. Every opportunity you have to apologize is an opportunity for a deeper relationship and a a closer connection with people, hallelujah, and an opportunity for you to demonstrate what Christianity really looks like, hallelujah. We need to learn what it looks like to be willing to open our hearts to value unity in a way that's much bigger than we understand. You know, I think that's important. But again, it's not a prerequisite. If someone's angry with you and you haven't got the opportunity to do anything about it, there's no condemnation at all. But for me, personally, this is how I, 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 if I can put it right, I will, hallelujah, because I like to have peace in my heart. And then as I I come to worship the Lord, I, I, I think about this scripture sometimes. Trust in the Lord and do good. So anything that I've been doing that actually isn't good, that I haven't acknowledged to the Lord. You know, I, my, I've been married, what, 28 years now, hallelujah, the other week, to the good looking man up the back. Give him a wave, Tom, there he is. We love you. <laughs> He's had my back at every single service since we ever began, hallelujah, and I'm so grateful for him. But, you know, um, it's so important, I believe, that, that we are, if, if we had an upset, he forgives me before I, before I ever apologize. He's not going to, like, I'm, I'm having to consider whether I'm going to divorce her or not because she hasn't yet apologized. It just doesn't even cross his mind. He's like, he's in it for life. That's just it, this is the way it is. And because he is, If I offend him, he just forgives me whether I apologize or not. But because I love him and I wanna have close connection and relationship, I don't take advantage of that relationship, but I will go to him as soon as I recognize I've done something I shouldn't, and I'll apologize. And I'll say, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have, I should have done this. And what it does is it helps him feel value and it brings us closer together. So in the same way with the Lord, he forgave my sins long before I ever committed them. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. I don't lose my salvation every time I sin. Thank you, Jesus. Hooray. In fact, I can't do anything to pay for it. I've just got to receive it and and say thank you. But I still, if I think about this, Lord, is there anything that I've been doing that I haven't acknowledged to you that, that isn't good? And I'll, I'll bring it to the Lord and I'll say, thank you, Father, for your forgiveness. Thank you, Lord, for showing me that. That wasn't right, I'm sorry, but I thank you that you've already been punished for that. Lord, I choose to, to receive your grace is better than, that's better than I feel like I deserve, hallelujah. 
and I'll settle myself with the reality, I am loved and I am forgiven. Hooray, I'm clean, I'm as white as snow because of your grace. You were punished before I was ever born for that bad behavior that I did there, and I'm so grateful. Thank you, God, I don't even have to think about that anymore. More often than not, as I go to think about it, I'll, I'll, I'll realize, no, I've already acknowledged that, so praise the Lord. I don't even have to remember that because he doesn't either, hallelujah. Now the Bible tells us in 1 John 3 that if our hearts don't condemn us, we have confidence toward God and whatever we ask, we receive. God wants us to be free from any sense of condemnation. He wants us to know that even if our hearts condemn us, he's greater than our hearts. That is, his truth is greater than my emotion. Hooray. If I don't feel very spiritual, I can say, thank you, God. I reckon myself dead indeed to sin and alive to God in Christ. Thank you, I was crucified with you. Hooray, hooray that I have your mind, your heart, your motives, your purity. You have given it to me as a gift and I thank you for it. Thank you, Jesus. And if there's been things that I've been doing that I shouldn't have been doing, not only do I acknowledge it, but I, I thank him for the power to turn from it and not do it again. Hallelujah. And so as I'm coming to worship the Lord, I have, this, I have a freedom in my heart that's based on truth. I stand before you not in my own righteousness. I stand before you not because I deserve to be able to approach your throne of grace, but because you have given me the gift of righteousness, the gift of mercy, the gift of forgiveness, I can boldly come before you and I can expect and anticipate that right now as I lift my voice to you, you, are, you wanna take me deep into your heart. You want to have intimate, deep, close fellowship with me. Hooray. <laughs> I can expect the whisper of wisdom and revelation to enlighten the eyes of my understanding in the knowledge of Him. I can expect the Holy Spirit to give me fresh revelation in the knowledge of God the Father and God the Son and help me recognize that I'm connected intimately in family with Him. I'm not at a distance, but I'm right there, hallelujah. I can expect Him to show me things to come. I can expect that all the promises given to anybody in Scripture are now yes and amen for me because, hallelujah, I'm a co-heir with Christ. Hooray! So as I lift my eyes to Him, as I worship Him, I can have confidence because of the blood of Jesus Christ, not because I've done anything to earn it, but because of His blood, I can declare, thank you, Jesus. You said, who can approach you? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. By my own strength, I haven't been able to get clean hands and a pure heart, but by faith, I've received the gift of clean hands and a pure heart. And I can ascend the hill of the Lord. I can boldly come to the throne of grace. I can worship you face to face. Moses had such an encounter with God, just seeing the back of God, that his face glowed for weeks afterwards. And we are in a better covenant where we can commune with him every day, face to face. But you see, it's an invitation. 
waiting for your response. As we come to worship the Lord and we sing, I love you, Lord, or we sing words like, I adore you, you're all that I want. I am very diligent to, to remind myself that every word I'm singing, I am singing to him. So if I'm saying I love you, I want him to feel it. I want him to experience it. You know, the Bible says, bless the Lord, O my soul. That means he has the capacity to be blessed by my worship. God who needs nothing makes himself vulnerable to my love. I, who've done nothing in my own strength to be able to qualify to even come close to him, by the grace of my Lord Jesus Christ can come so close that I can look and gaze on his face, sit with him on his throne, tell him I love him and have him be deeply moved. The Song of Songs talks about us in that the bridegroom king says, you have ravished my heart with one glance of your eye. God, you who need nothing are moved, and not just, oh yes, that was nice, moved. Like, moved, deeply moved, touched, moved to a response by my worship. So when we come together and we say, I love you, he's not there going, well, yeah, they're doing pretty all right. That's, all, that's good, they're doing what they should do. I've got three kids, and I tell you, my baby is 18, my baby boy, and when he comes and gives me a hug, or walks in at midnight and comes into my bedroom, wakes me up and says, hi, mom, I'm like, my heart always goes, oh, I love you, Joseph, because he's my baby, and my heart is always moved by his love. I tell you, it's nothing compared to how God feels about our love every time we bring it to him. When we come and we say, I love you, he doesn't just take it as though it's, it's our duty. His heart is more moved than any mother's heart ever is. His heart is more moved than any father's heart ever could be. And it doesn't, it doesn't require some mammoth great Task your simple three words, I love you, sung to him in faith, believing that you are in fellowship with him, moves his heart. And worship doesn't, isn't a one-sided thing with us talking to God. He always talks back to us. So that's why we like to make space in worship. Sometimes there's no singing, there's just music. And the music is not just for your entertainment. If you're wondering, what are we supposed to do? Where's the words? What's going on? What are we supposed to do? That's your opportunity to gaze on him with an expectation that he's going to speak to your heart. In the book of Daniel, it says there that Daniel looked, I, Daniel, looked and I saw. And then as you read through the book of Daniel, it says, I looked again and I saw. I looked again and I saw. He always looked with an expectation 
to see. In worship, I always look with an expectation to see. I'm expecting an encounter with God. He gives me visions that make the Word of God come alive. As I'm having this vision, the Holy Spirit reminds me of the Scripture that backs up the vision and suddenly the Scripture's taken on multi-dimensional understanding for me. It's glorious. He shows me things to come. He leads me in prayer and intercession. He, he reveals to me visually the things, the reality, the truth of my position with Him, seated with Him in heavenly places. It's good. And it's for everybody. He wants to whisper to you with a still, small voice. He wants to cloak you with His peace and with His comfort. In those moments, don't just get awkward and feel like, what's supposed to happen now? I wish they'd sing another song. Why are they just carrying on like this? Realize it's your opportunity to lean into the divine embrace and get the hug that the Holy Spirit wants you to experience. Recognize that as worship is a little bit extended, you'll notice here we have slightly extended worship. But we don't do that for the sake of having lengthy worship. We do that because it's, and we don't do it all the time. We do it as we feel the leading of the Holy Spirit inviting us in to another wave. And then another wave, hallelujah. As we dance with Him, hallelujah. As we're guided by His eyes, not by a bit and a bridle. There's no formula or requirement. You must do worship for this length of time. You must sing this many songs. It's, it, it's not like that but it's a guiding by the eye of God who's, who's got a twinkle in his eye saying, let's go this way, come this way. Worship's an adventure, it's glorious. But worship is response. We love because he first loved us. So that's where I feed on his faithfulness. I am not expected to worship God without the Holy Spirit giving me something to respond to. So very often in the worship, you'll be singing words. Praise the Lord. Pastor Aaron and, and Brett they, and the whole team write amazing songs and they choose their words really carefully because words are very important to the Lord. But these words are often scriptural revelation that provide for us like a trampoline to bounce off. They provide for us something to respond to. So if we're singing about the goodness of the Lord, we feed on his faithfulness. I think about how he's been good to me. Oh, yes, I remember. Oh, Oh God, you really are good to me. Yes, God. And as I think about his goodness, as I feed on his faithfulness, I'm not allowed to remember my past sins because he doesn't remember them, hallelujah. I'm not supposed to be dwelling on past failures because he doesn't think of them, he doesn't remember them anymore. But he does ask me to feed on his faithfulness. There's a history I have with God that is precious to me. 
I write, I've been writing it in little journals since I was 13. I'd write down how the Lord spoke to me in this chorus. He said these words to me. Oh, these, the song, I've got, you know, my 13-year-old journal often has um, the words from different worship choruses that we'd sing that really meant something to me that night. And I'd go home and I'd write it in my book because this is my history. I remember when you really made those words come alive to me, God. I'll remember when someone gave me a prophetic word. Wow, God, that was so awesome, write it in my book. And then when I come to worship, the Holy Spirit helps me remember His goodness, helps me remember the miracles that He's done, the people that have been healed and saved and delivered, the faithfulness that He's shown me, the enduring kindness and patience that He continually shows me, the lavish goodness and favor that He, he pours upon my life. As I think about these things, I am provoked to thanksgiving and worship, hallelujah. So feed on his faithfulness. Think about his goodness. Even thinking about other people's breakthroughs will cause you to give worship. I mean, when you hear a testimony of the blind seeing or the deaf hearing or the lame walking, oh, that makes me worship. It wasn't my blind eyes or my deaf ears that got opened, but God, you did that for that person. You're so good. It provokes worship in me. When someone gets up and testifies, they were healed in worship or they were healed through a word of knowledge. That causes worship to rise in the hearts of everybody who hears it. They give glory to God. When we hear signs and wonders, when Pastor Daniel gets a word of knowledge, like. Just amazing the words of knowledge that have been coming out. Or um, prophetic words come out that are signs and wonders. It causes the people, even if we're not singing, to worship. Worship doesn't have to be just singing. Yeah. Though you do have to sing, it's a command of God. Yeah. But worship can be you going, oh wow, God, you're awesome when you hear a testimony, when you hear something in a, in a message that makes your heart resonate and, and go, yes! The people in our congregation, they, they yell and say thank you and yay and amen through the worship, through the, through the message, through the preaching. And it's not just to encourage me, though it does encourage me. But it's actually a form of worship where you are responding to the spirit of truth revealing revelation of who God is, hallelujah. Let your heart give him the worship that he is due. Don't hold it back. When you hear something good and you feel like saying, yay, God, let it loose because what it does is it is true worship that the Father is seeking. For the Father is seeking worshipers who worship him in spirit and in truth, hallelujah. Amen, praise the Lord. Trust in the Lord. I love you, Maggie. Catherine Coleman used to take all her, all the, all the testimonies and the encouragements and the compliments that she'd get, she'd take it home at the end of the night and she'd get on her bed and just 
think about all of the testimonies and all of the encouragements and all the kind words from people, and she'd gather them up in her head like a bunch of roses, enjoy them and then give them to the Lord and say, Father, this is all for you. Hallelujah. So beautiful. So beautiful. You know, we're going to, I can feel the Holy Spirit. <laughs> oh, I'm very happy. Mushallah, <laughs> Baba. We're going to pray for people in just a few minutes, and I'm going to get a, a few up just to, um, to pray, and then we're going to open the altar, and we're going to ask some of our um, people who've done the prophetic school to, uh, um, to prophesy. But before I do that, I want to ask you tonight, if you're here and you know in your heart you aren't in relationship with God, it's one thing to believe in the existence of God, but the Bible says even the devil believes. But you see, it's not about believing in his existence, it's about response. It's about you responding, saying, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that he paid for my sins with his death, burial, and resurrection, and that I need, I acknowledge, I need forgiveness for my sins. He's offering it to me, and by faith, I receive what I can have no part in earning. Thank you, Father. I receive Jesus as my Savior, as my Lord. And when we do that, and we confess him before men, the, the Bible says that he'll confess us before his Father who's in heaven. He's inviting you into a relationship that is true family. But it's a choice that we have, and he wants everybody to make that choice, but he gives us free will because without freedom to choose, it is not true love. Amen. So he waits for your response. Will you open your heart to the Lord today? Will you say, yes, Jesus, I want to be in fellowship with you. I want to receive forgiveness for sin. I want to receive the mercy of Christ. I want to receive eternal life, your spirit living on the inside of me. We sang tonight, God's not dead, he's surely alive. He's living on the inside, roaring like a lion. That's what happens when you receive Jesus Christ as your savior. He comes, he lives on the inside of you. He makes you a new creation. But in order to do that, you've gotta give him your life so that he can give you his. You've gotta give him your sin so that he can give you his purity. You've gotta give him your shame so that you can receive his righteousness and his freedom. If that's you tonight and you say, yes, I wanna give my life to Christ, I wanna get my life right with God, can you wave your hand at me? I'd love to pray with you. Is there anyone here that says, yes, that's me? Tonight, I wanna make my life, I wanna get my life right with God. Just let me see your hand if that's you. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the gospel to the nations, you can do so via our website, www.glorycitychurch.com.au. We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer need, please send us an email at info at 
We would also love to hear your testimonies. You can email these praise reports to info at glorycitychurch.com.au. God bless.